I am pumped to be collaborating with Rotoballer for the 2021 baseball season. My Draft Champions podcast will be joining the Rotoballer radio podcast network. For a while now, Rotoballer has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy baseball fanatics their fix for in-depth MLB analysis, tools, and player news. The site and the team is bigger and better than ever, with articles, tools, and podcasts for everyone, including contributions from me. If you haven't heard, Rotoballer's 2021 MLB Draft Kit is live, and all Draft Champions listeners can get 10% off Rotoballer's Draft Kit by using the discount code CHAMPIONS. Rotoballer is home to number one fantasy pros, accuracy rankers, Nick Mariano and Ariel Cohen. Both Nick and Ariel's 2021 rankings and projections are available as part of Rotoballer Premium Draft Kit. Along with printable cheat sheets, our top draft sleepers, more than 300 player outlooks, and tons of great draft tools and in-season tools. All of this premium fantasy baseball goodness from Rotoballer is available for 10% off with the discount code CHAMPIONS. Just go to rotoballer.com backslash radio, get your premium pass today, and win big in 2021. Welcome to the Draft Champions Podcast. I am here with Brandon Warren. I uh, hope I pronounced that correctly. And um, You sure did. Perfect. He is the creator of Access Twins, at Access Twins on Twitter, and you can find him at Brandon underscore Warren, W-A-R-N-E. How are you doing? Good day. How are you? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I can't complain. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. No okay. problem. As you know, we're, we're doing a series called um, um, Writer's Block. And we're talking to beat writers, um, predominantly uh, for each for each uh, for each team leading up to the season. And today we're going to talk about the Twins. So um, anything going on with the Twins that maybe we don't know about? Something under the radar, or some maybe some news and notes going on? Yeah, I think the the biggest thing going on is how they're going to divide up playing time in left field with Eddie Rosario out of the picture. And is I think you know the fact that we're not going to have Triple A baseball 
to start the season does kind of change things a little bit. They'll, they're going to do the alternate site thing, which is not entirely without merit, but I think it just lends credence to the fact that the Twins are probably going to give Alex Kirilov the first crack at reps in left field. And I suspect we'll talk about that here over the course of whatever we discuss. But That was on my yeah. agenda that you didn't read. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I apologize for that. No, I, I, no. Just, I like going into these things cold better. I feel like if I rehearse things, it comes across fake or, or rehearsed. And so I'd rather be just kind of raw and off the cuff because that's uh, that's how I do my best work. That's awesome. I just sent you it just in case there's more for your own. It was, sure. up, to, it was up to you, but I'm. it's great. It doesn't bother me that you're um, going in cold at all. Um, and sure. that, that was on my agenda, so we'll get right into that. That was my the, the left field situation. So I had a question. There's there's um, Kirillov, um, who everyone expects to be up. And then there's also Brent Rooker, who's three years older. Yeah. Also a first-round pick, was already up great power. I think he already has a home run this spring. So uh, like for, for fantasy purposes, currently Rookers, you can get him like way, way later. And he's only mm-hmm. getting drafted in drafts that like that have like go 750 players deep, but then Kirillov, yeah. you're, you're spending a lot more for him. So what, what are your thoughts on Rooker actually? I like Rooker. I think you have to be concerned anytime a guy breaks a bone in his hand or wrist about, what the the medium term future is but with that said the fact that he had a whole an entire off season to recover is different you know sometimes guys will have those injuries in season and that'll be problematic because they'll try to come back too soon can't elevate the ball and that would be a big thing for rooker who's a home run and double guy so i think the fact that he's back he's already had a home run in spring like you said is is encouraging and he's also at an age where it doesn't make sense to have him spend a ton of time down in the minors. So I would keep an eye on Rooker for the 26th man spot on this roster because Danny Santana signed a minor league deal with the Red Sox. So now I think the 26th man comes down to whether they want to do Williams Estadio as kind of a jack of all trades, or do they want Brett Rooker as kind of a bat off the bench who can play a little bit in right, left, first base, DH, depending on how many days they need to give Nelson Cruz, who's 40, going to be 41 in July. It's going to be a situation to monitor, but I think there's worse flyers you can take super late in super deep drafts than Brent Rooker. And it helps too. He's a right-handed hitter. Kirilov is a left-handed hitter. So you might have some natural platoon stuff there to start with. So I, I like Rooker a lot. I don't know if his path to playing time is anything before either Nelson Cruz retires or Miguel Sano gets hurt or moves to DH and Rooker plays first, vice versa. But, definitely a good sleeper because the the tools are there he can he can work the count uh strikeouts are a little bit of an issue but he's got a ton of thump and you can do so much worse with with late round sleepers than brent rooker so would you say he's how many josh donaldson calves would you say he's away from playing time Mm, that's a good question the problem (laughs) is that they won't they won't move miguel sano back over oh no so yeah no so the third base situation would probably be Louis Arise or Jorge Polanco moving over. And that's a, that's going to have a domino effect. There's no doubt about that. But it would take a while for that to, to trickle down to Rooker. I think Rooker more depends on how quickly Kirilov takes to left field. He's obviously got a polished approach at the plate. We don't quite know for sure how he'll handle lefties out of the shoot. But Rooker in the minors has not been a guy who I don't I, – I, I believe – 
So don't quote me on this, or maybe you're going to quote me on it because I'm on your show. I'm just going to release the podcast. So I'm going to, you're going yeah, exactly. to hear everything. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's, uh, he's got splits that'll favor him against lefties. And I don't know if Kirilov is going to handle lefties, but it's going to be interesting how they divide up playing time because they, like you said, spent a first round pick on Rooker. They obviously have some hopes for him and he's not exactly young. I, you know, he's at an age where they need to figure out what they have. So, like I said, I think there's a chance he gets some playing time. It's going to be a good lineup too. If he if he can crack the lineup on a regular basis, he's going to score runs. He's going to drive in runs. He should be respectable in OBP leagues, uh, depending on his batting average. I like I like Rooker to dream on. I'm not super in on him in super shallow leagues, but there's there's potential here. Okay, um, and, and you mentioned it about um, uh, Polanco and Arias. Um, who do you think's got the inside track there? Yeah, it sure feels like Polanco is going to play second base and then Arise is going to kind of move around. Obviously, Andrelton Simmons is not in camp yet. The hope is in the next day or two, he's going to be there. And in the meantime, JT Riddle is playing short. And I think that tells you kind of the level of worry the Twins have, that Polanco is playing second base even with Simmons not in camp. So the the, the plan Mm. is from day one, from the jump, to go Simmons at short and Polanco at second. And then at that point, Louis plays, whether it's second base, third base, he's got a little bit of time in the outfield. Uh, he's, he's not great out there, but he's okay. He's just kind of a guy who can, you know, you just kind of throw him out there and then he hits right. and he hits well enough that you're not too worried about his defense, but it helps that the twins have that opening in left field and it's going to be hard to keep him out of the lineup. Obviously Rocco Baldelli comes from the Tampa Bay tree of managers, whether it's you want to trace it back to Joe Madden, Kevin Cash, whoever you want to trace it back to. They use guys a lot. It's uh, it's the Ben Zobers plan. So Louis Arise is going to get a lot of playing time. It just might not be at second base every single day. Right. So if I give you an over-under of 400 um, plate appearances for our, for Luis Arias, what would you say? That feels pretty good. I'd say maybe a little bit over because, again, too, you have to count on the health of Josh Donaldson's calves. And I know they've been working on that. I've been watching um, kind of – the twins tweet out stuff and it looks like he's been working with their trainer on calf stuff. So they, they obviously know that he's got an issue there and they're trying to uh, attack it, but he's also 35. So it's uh it's just a situation where it might be hard to keep him on the field more than 140. I don't have a, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in him. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, so maybe then, the better question is um, who has, who do you think gets more plate appearances Arise or Donaldson this year? Oh man, probably a rise. Honestly, I, I, I want to believe it'll be Donaldson, but until I'm proven wrong, I think you have to go with a rise. Yeah. I'd like, I'd love to see Donaldson just rake again because I I'm from Toronto and I love that. Like I, I, oh, saw, wow. him, I saw him in his, in his glory days in Toronto and he was killing it and not in the, I was at all those games, but I, yeah, um, I don't think he's been the same um, for a while now. So, well, and who, who doesn't want to see, who doesn't want to see, Donaldson and Simmons on the same side of an infield. I mean, that could be just absolute <laughs> defensive mastery uh, with guys like Randy Dobnak who get crazy ground balls. So it could be fun, but yeah, you got to keep guys on the field. Speaking of that, what do you think about um, JBJ and uh, Colton Wong in Milwaukee? I know sort of off topic, but man, that what a defense yeah. up the middle that I think the, like those pitchers might be in for um, like a pretty good year with uh, that kind of defense. Well, Adrian Hauser has been on my list as kind of a late round guy. I have him in score sheet, which I don't know if you're familiar, but score sheet, you build an entire roster. You get 30 men instead of 26, but you get a bullpen, you get bench guys and all that fun stuff. And he's my, he's either my number four or five, depending on, on how much you like Merrill Kelly. 
but he's the back end of my rotation. And so I I think you got to love the defense there. Obviously they saw what Keston Hura was possible, uh, was, um, of uh, able to do at second base, what his potential was at second base. And then they decided to move him to first base. So uh, I think it's pretty clear how they view his defense. He's, they expect him to mash hopefully enough to, to cover first base, but, it was pretty clear how they viewed him defensively that they went and got Colton Wong, who's uh, who's pretty solid over there. And then, like you said, JBJ, I, I swear that that signing must have broken at about three in the morning or uh, local time. I live in Central Time. I don't right. I don't know where you are, but uh, I, I swear I got a yeah Something a notification like, at like three in the morning, and I'm like, what's going on here? I, I woke up to see it, but uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so um, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought here. Um, um, I do that a lot. I, 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 I make people do that. So I, hey, I totally understand. So, you, so it's not just me here. No, 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 no. no. I, I know we were talking about Donaldson and we were talking about a rise and Polanco and all that fun stuff. Right. So I'll just move on and um, ask you about the closer situation in, in Milwaukee, sure. in, in Minnesota. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Um, I don't want to steal your thunder, but it's tough because there, call there's, there's no not- thunder to steal. I didn't, I was, I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> I don't know if anybody does because again, Rocco comes from that Tampa Bay tree where they kind of mix things up. You, I kind of think Taylor Rogers is the favorite and though it, it stinks, he's coming off a tough year. Hansel Robles has experienced closing. Alex Colomay has experienced closing and, and it's kind of like last year where Tyler Clippert and Sergio Romo had experienced closing and you like Tyler Duffy and you like Trevor May. And now, Going into this year, you still like Tyler Duffy. Uh, Trevor May's out of the picture, obviously, but they've got four guys who could could close things down. And I think Rocco's going to mix and match based on matchups and the hot hand and and who's up as far as if a guy's worked three days in a row or two of the last three. I think Taylor Rogers is still the guy to own in fantasy. But um, you know, I was in an experts league where Alex Colomay went a couple rounds after Taylor Rogers. I'm not sure how I feel about that. But I think Rodgers is the guy to own at this point, just because what we've seen so far through two years of Rocco managing. But I, I think they're in a good spot, bullpen-wise, for real-life baseball. But that makes fantasy baseball kind of hell, if you ask me. Right. Um, do you think Stashak's a stealth option at the end of that bullpen? For, for, for I know it's kind of a, a mess for saves for fantasy, but do you think, what do you think about him? I know I've, heard some Not- talk, I've, heard, I've heard some people talk about him. No, I see him pretty firmly in the middle rotation or middle of the middle of the pack mix. Uh, there's some good stuff there. His rookie season was pretty strong, but his uh, his slash line against didn't really match up with like his K's to walk and some of his rates. So right, um, he, he got a little hard, hit a little harder than people would think. But I mean, if you want a sleeper, I think it's it's Jorge Alcala. Honestly, um, he's 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 nasty. He was just dis- um, devastating today. And I think he's, uh, he's got good stuff. He throws hard. He's got good off speed, good breaking stuff. I think if you want a stealth candidate for saves or late inning stuff, it's, it's Jorge Alcala with the twins. Okay. That's um, that's a name to keep to, to monitor. Yep. Thank you. Thank yep. you. Um, now I'm looking at the rotation and, and I was in, I'm like I said, I'm in, in a lot of these deep leagues with like 700, mm-hmm. 800 players in them. And I was yep. drafting a lot of um, Balazovic and I was drafting yep. and, and I like Bailey Ober and there's also um, Duran. Um, Joan, yep. Joan Duran. So I was, I was at times drafting all three of them, hoping one of them hits. Then the twins go ahead and sign Hap, and they go ahead and sign um, Shoemaker. 
Yeah. Um, personally, I don't really see those guys being an option late in the season over and over and above those talented rookies, but right. maybe I'm a little bit too optimistic. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, Hap has been pretty durable. The times that he's been off the mound has been because the Yankees were trying to get his option not to vest, which I mean, that, that opens up a whole nother can of worms, but right. Shoemaker just hasn't been healthy. And in that case, Randy Dobnak steps in, but from a, from a talent standpoint, Johan Duran and Jordan Balazovic are both right there. Uh, top 100 type prospects, depending on if you like Baseball America, Baseball Prospectus, Fangraphs, whatever. Um, my friend who is a kind of a pitching guru told me Balazovic has great carry on his fastball and the Twins absolutely love him. So it's, uh, it's a guy who is going to rocket up the system. It, it certainly stinks that minor league baseball was kind of thrown into flux last year. Mm. And this year is already going to be a little bit weird from the jump. But uh, Belazovic is the guy who's going to move fast. They, they really love him. Duran is devastatingly good in terms of what he's got for stuff. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Duran debuted in the bullpen and then kind of moved into a rotation spot because he's so good that if everyone is healthy, and keep in mind, they, they have Randy Dobnak too, who's kind of their quasi-5B starter or right. six starter, depending on how you look at it. And then you got Devin Smelter and Lewis Thorpe besides to leapfrog. So it might be tough for Duran to crack the rotation this year. And in that case too, uh, you, you know, you might have an Alcala 2.0 uh, situation hmm. where he he's in the bullpen. So uh, Belazovich is a guy who I don't think he's pitched above high A yet, but like I said, he's going to move fast. I, I like all those names that you've listed. And I think you've done a great job of identifying those guys i think ober might be more of a relief guy but he's a big tall kid he strikes everyone out and he's on the 40-man roster so naturally he is an option to come up pretty much at any time which uh obviously works in your favor right so if you're if you had to guess like if bella if Belazovic's coming up to start at some point this year i'd imagine he gets a crack at, like at least at some point maybe maybe yeah. not in september but when 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 would you anticipate that like maybe mid-season yeah, Duran's the guy to watch there. Balazovic would be late. And oh, so you think Duran's up before Balazovic? Yeah, yeah, I think Duran's. I think Duran's the guy. I think he's he's got more experience. Balazovic didn't join the alternate training site until late last season, hmm. uh, and that surprised a lot of people because they thought he'd be in that mix. But I want to say it was like August or even September before he joined that mix, which isn't to say that he's completely out of their plans or or is not an immediate option. But he's just a little further off. I think Duran's a little more polished, a little more closer to ready. But Balazovic might be the the higher end, uh, higher floor. I think Duran has the higher ceiling. I think Balazovic has the higher floor. Right. And um, maybe I'm just biased because I'm Canadian. I think Balazovic is. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you, man. I grew up 10 miles from Canada. I don't know if you knew that. but <laughs> No, I, um, I think you might have said that. But yeah, no. I, you I, might I, hear it in my voice, honestly. Maybe. You're, well, you're, 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 you're nice enough to be Canadian. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so we talked a bit about the outfielders. Just a just a little. I'll throw this curve at you. Um, Kyle, could could Kyle Garlic overtake Jake Cave as like sort of like their fourth or fifth outfielder this year because he's looks he looks all right. He's had some good. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think Garlic is kind of the odds-on favorite if they don't bring Kirilov up right away and. Um, 
garlic has a ton of power and he's the kind of guy you want to give a look to. And the twins have done things like this in the past with Tyler Austin where Tyler Austin made the team. Uh, I don't remember if it was over cave or not a couple of years ago. And, and they, they actually knew each other well because they were both in Yankee system before they came over to the twins. So it was kind of a funny little competition there, but, um, but garlic too uh, is from the Dodgers system. And so he's got some familiarity because the twins traded and the name is escaping me right now uh, with the Kinta Maeda trade, they traded an outfielder over and they were best buds in the Dodgers system. So uh, th- there's a lot of connections in baseball, as I'm sure you found based on your experience, just kind of talking to people, but yeah, I think garlic's got a chance. If he cracks the opening day roster as the, the 26th man, you're, you're looking at a guy who's going to play against lefties, especially, but uh, if they want to keep Kirilov down for a little while and, and they could justify that, Let, let's be honest. I mean, I know Kirilov came up in this, in the playoffs and you kind of lose that moral high ground as far as a grievance for, for service time issues, but right. he was only at the alternate site last year. He wasn't in double a, wasn't in triple a. And so it, he, they, they might be justified in saying he needs a little more time. And in that case, you might be looking at a garlic and cave, platoon in left field with a rise factoring in a little bit as well because a rise played out there in his rookie season so i think garlic is a sneaky look out there but it, it's hard to have him as a fourth because he doesn't really play center but the other added bonus is if you have cave buxton and kepler on the same roster they can all play center right. so your fourth doesn't necessarily have to be able to hang out there and that might work in garlic's favor but it also also might work in uh, in Brent Rooker's favor too, right? So any of the three, can any of those three guys, Garlic, Rooker, or um, Kirillov, can can any of those guys steal like significantly for like for, for fantasy uh, purposes? You mean like steal bases? No, no, they're not. Uh, None of them. Like Kirillov, Kirillov doesn't steal like um like a Kalenic, no. like a Kalenic could. No, he's a he's a big sturdy kid. Uh, he's a corner outfielder and a first baseman. He's a, he's really good at first base. At least he was in high school from uh, the Pittsburgh area. And in fact, he came, uh, I, be- I want to say his dad opened an academy and basically he pulled his kid out of school and they did like an independent study where he did uh, baseball training all day and then school besides. So it was basically like he majored in baseball in high school. So he's a, he's a baseball rat. He loves the game. And so again, Kirilov is the guy to dream on out there, but yeah, I don't see any of those guys really running the bases with any abandon and two with, with Rocco being an analytically, savvy guy outside of Buxton they don't really have too many guys run in terms of uh stealing bases and two last year Buxton's OBP was down and his slugging was up so they weren't having him steal that many bags he's a curious case that guy Buxton um I don't, he really I mean, is he, he didn't steal anything but he's super fast obviously and he's this freak athlete yeah. but what do you what, what are your expectations like just, to, just I'll just ask you a blanket question what are your expectations on Buxton next year I think he's going to be a star, honestly. And his on-base percentage was more of a function of a short season. And he was absolutely crushing the baseball. You know, you look at his uh, yeah. his slugging minus his on-base or his on-base minus his average. It was clear he was driving the baseball and not taking his walks and not hitting singles. And if you hit singles or take your walks, you're more apt to steal bases. And then they moved him up in the, the lineup a bit as well. When he's hitting ninth, you know, it's hard to say that he's going to run if he's in front of like Josh Donaldson hitting second and Jorge Polanco or Max Kepler hitting first. But if you have him like seventh and you're trying to maybe make some excitement happen down at the bottom of the lineup and the twins again have a pretty good lineup, even seven, eight, nine. Um, that's, you know, I think the sweet spot for Buxton is going to be hitting seventh 
where he can drive the baseball. But if he's on base in front of, let's say, whoever's playing left or Mitch Garver, that's a good spot to, or especially Andrelton Simmons too, who handles the bat well. Um, that's an opportunity for for Buxton to run, hit and runs, and that sort of sort of thing. So, I think he's gonna he's gonna run a lot more this year. But uh, I'm expecting a breakout year because he's a year away from free agency too uh, after next season, and that's when guys kind of start their breakouts is uh, when they kind of sense that there's uh, blood in the water as sharks as far as free agency money. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. All right. So I know um, we're, we're almost uh, wrapping up here. Um, the one, no worries. The one question I'll, I'll, I'll get to, I'll get to the, I'll get to the gold here. This is what everyone wants to know because plate appearances are, are so key for, for the people that are playing in these leagues, especially these deep leagues. Mm-hmm. I want you to project the batting order um, for um, opening day. And also in July, once, once like sort of all the, all the, all the prospects that you think are going to be up are up. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think leadoff is going to be either Polanco or Kepler against righties. Uh, they like Kepler against lefties, and he's improved a lot, but they usually hit him pretty low in the lineup against lefties. And then if everybody's healthy, I think you're going Donaldson and Cruz two and three. Mm-hmm. And then cleanup, they've been they've been kind of um, against what you might think for cleanup. Polanco's hit cleanup. They've uh, they've done some some interesting things at cleanup. So. Uh, it's, it's not super conventional, but there've been times too at, at leadoff against lefties where they've hit Mitch Garver up there, which is, is unusual for a catcher. So yeah, one thing I keep, yeah, one thing I keep an eye on is, uh, handedness splits because, uh, back in the day, Ron Gardenhire told me they didn't want to hit Joe Maurer that high in the lineup because he had to turn around and put his catcher's gear on in that first inning, which to me never really added up. But, um, again, I digress. Uh, beyond that, though, um, you know, if you're if you're talking fourth, uh, they might go Jorge Polanco, which they've done at times, or they might go a little more conventional with someone like Miguel Sano, you know, big power. Cruz Sano, it's it's pretty hard to find two guys with more power, three, four, yeah. back to back, and they had, they in had any lineup. Yeah, and then at that point, you start getting into the um, you know the Keplers if he's not leading off or Gar- Garvers. Uh, and at that point, it's kind of a mixed bag. I think Buxton can jump in anywhere from six to nine, depending on where his OBP is and where his slugging is. Because um, if his OBP is up and his slugging is down, then you're looking at a guy who wants to, to steal some bags, and that's where he's going to hit sixth or seventh. Otherwise, he's turning the order over eighth or ninth with a little more power, but also getting on base in front of guys like uh, like Donaldson and Polanco and Kepler. So. Right. Um, you know, in the middle of the order, it's it's kind of a mixed bag. Rocco changes it up. I think that's where you see his Joe Madden influence. And then from there, the bottom is, uh, you know, whoever's left over, whether it's Mitch Garver on a given day or Louis Arise at, uh, I mean, Louis Arise is hit near the top, but you could also hit him at the bottom to turn the order over with contacts and, and guys who pollute the bases for Donaldson at, at two. So, it's, it's really, really hard to project what Rocco's going to do on a given day. And I don't have baseball reference in front of me, but I suspect he was one of the guys who had one of the more um, unique lineup totals last year. You know, if they played 60 games, I'd be surprised if he had too many duplicate lineups over that span. Right. Simmons probably bats near the end of that lineup, though. Nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it, it's, it's easy to forget about him because he hasn't, uh, he hasn't made it to camp yet. And yeah. 
So I think he hits ninth, and I think that's a good spot for him because it's such a good lineup. But also, as I noted before, he handles the bat so well. He doesn't strike out. He makes contact. Uh, and so, you know, you're going to try and manufacture some different things with him that you wouldn't if he was hitting seventh, eighth, or ninth, or if you had a guy who maybe strikes out 25% of the time as opposed to half of that. Or so what do you that. think? Um, oh, I guess. So what do you think the, the playing time split between Jeffers and, and Garber is? Assuming That's Jeffers tough. Is, the, assuming was, Jeffers is the is the backup catcher and not um, yeah Ostadillo. Yeah, I think Ostadillo could make the roster as the twenty sixth, and that allows you to you know pinch hit late in games with Jeffers where you like a matchup, but you're not going to use him as catcher like a lefty coming into face, uh, you know, a lefty lefty that you want to split up or something like that. The problem is when they had Jason Castro, the, the platoons made more sense because Castro was a left-handed swinger and Garver was a righty. Now you've got two guys who are righties. Um, Garver's getting better defensively, but I think Jeffers is the better defensive catcher. He has the better future defensively. And so it, it really makes it difficult to figure out what that'll look like you know, will each guy catch 81 games? Probably not because there'll be injuries and there'll be hot hand situations and that sort of thing. But on any given day, if they're facing Shane Bieber, that doesn't mean that they're any more likely to start Garver versus Jeffers. So it's, mm-hmm. it's tough for, for fantasy purposes. Like for instance, I'm in an auto new league, which is the, the, you know, the fan graphs. Yeah, I've heard of those. Uh, for, yeah. Um, I have both of those guys and I have Wilson Contreras and I have 162 games to divide between those three. And that's a really tough spot to be in. Yeah. I think, I think a platoon between Garvers and Jeffers, when you look at the aggregate over the course of the season is going to be really, really productive. But both of those guys might be annoyed at the fact that they're not playing a hundred games. So Mm -hmm. for fantasy purposes, um, you know, I drafted Garver as my second catcher in an experts league, but um, I'm really struggling giving either of those guys full-time uh, billing in terms of fantasy baseball. And, and that stinks because they're both really good offensively. Yeah, that's tough. That's a tough situation. I think I have Jeffers in one of my, in one of my leagues as my, as my second catcher too. And it's a tough situation. I, I have, I have a uh, real Mudo and then I have Garver and then I have Jeffers in a two catcher league. Okay. That's and, pretty good. But it's just yeah, a matter of when daily, you, it's, just be, it's good for weekly. It's hard. Yeah. That's what I mean. It, it's weekly. Uh, it's yep. tough to know when yep. you're going to start which one. Um, so in, um, with respect to the prospects, if you're, if you're going to fast forward to July, what, how, yeah. Yeah, how does that change it? If at all, like, uh, I, I guess, the, I guess, the, like, I guess the one question, the one important question is where would Kirill slot in that lineup? Uh, probably like seventh, not, yeah, not because sense. he doesn't deserve to hit higher, but the lineup is so good. Yeah. Um, he's going to be a guy who can take pitches. He's going to drive the ball gap to gap. And then. Just like with Joe Maurer in the past, how many of those doubles become homers? Is he going to be opposite field heavy? Is he going to drive the ball to the pull side? Joe Maurer never dro- drove the ball to the pull side. And Trevor Larnick, who's kind of the guy who is competing for Alex Kirilov for that top billing among corner outfield prospects, is an opposite field guy. So it just comes down to if a guy pulls the ball for power, Kirilov can go from a 20 homer guy to a 30 homer guy and then 40 doubles to 30 doubles. So um, it'll be worth watching if Kirilov pulls the ball for power at target field, because if he does that, um, he becomes a much more intriguing fantasy player than uh, 40 doubles, unless you're in, you know, an on-base slugging league as opposed to homers or, or RBIs or that sort of thing. Right on. 
All right, Brandon. I think that's um, all we have to, for today. That was really good, and that's a that was a lot of good insight into the twins. And um, why don't we end off um, just uh, reminding everyone where they can find you and tell us about Access Twins if you want. Sure. So um, first of all, I'm on Twitter at Brandon underscore W A R N E. I kind of run everything through there. Um, Access Twins is a Substack blog. People can donate money via PayPal, Venmo, or sign up for subscriptions. Um, I don't expect that at this point because it's a fledgling thing that's just getting off the ground. Eventually, hopefully, it'll become a nice second income for me. For now, it's just kind of a, a little revenue stream to keep my creative juices flowing. And so we'll see where it goes from here. If, uh, if it becomes a bigger deal and we start doing merchandise and that sort of thing, it'll be a whole lot of fun podcasts and hopefully making some money off it. But in the meantime, it's just a, it's just a fun website for people to check out, accesstwins.substack.com. Drop your email and you will get all the new content in your inbox as soon as it's released. And again, too, free will offering. If you want to throw some cash at my way, if you think it's if it's worth something to you, that's uh, that's on you. But I don't expect it. I just appreciate it very, very much. Well said. Check it out. Check out um, Access Twins. And again, thanks, Brandon, for your time. It was great. You got it. Anytime, man. All right. Thanks, buddy. You bet. I'll talk to you later. You bet. Start, there ain't no hope for us. I'm living in a dream of fantasy.
If only we could clone Bauer's identity. It would be nice if we could trust the ground. When will Brady Singer, Yates, and Flaherty be done? I'm just a streamer. Just a stream.